0: Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only
1: show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. Happy holidays. All right, boys and girls, we're going to hand out the second annual Sports Business Radio year-end awards this week, we call them the ROYs, which stands for Return on Investment. My cohorts, Bobby Corser, our producer, and Nathan Roach uh, came up with the name, the ROYs, and we're going to hand those out in segments three and four. There's the best of and the worst of, so you're going to want to hear our awards, our year-end awards right here on Sports Business Radio. That's in segments three and four of this week's show. A couple of other notes, visit my sports business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. You can also go to iTunes. Look for us under the business news section. I'm joined in studio by Nathan Roach. Nathan, uh, interesting week with the BCS. And uh, boy, the economy gets worse and worse in headlines. I'm going to tell you about uh, several sports organizations that uh, really took a hit this week. So lots of headlines coming up, but the most exciting thing of my week had nothing to do with sports. My daughter, four years old, she sat on Santa's lap for the first time. You know, when you're really little, one, two, three years old, you're a little bit afraid of Santa. I think I was too when I was that age. This
2: week... She met the big guy. Well, yeah, and I saw pictures of her with the big guy, the real beard, the whole deal, the big guy in person. I saw your picture next to Santa Claus, and I got to say, you talk about tough economic times. The real bearded Santa Claus union is struggling this year because companies are cutting back on hiring Santa Claus. Can you believe that? Well,
1: let me tell you what. The malls aren't hurting or the people who do the Santa Claus pictures. I had, like, three pictures. Cost me $25 for three pictures. I mean— it is. I had to take out the a economic second. economic times aren't, aren't bothering <laughs> yeah. you either, Well, apparently. look, I had to take out a second mortgage on my home this week to be able to pay for the Santa Claus pictures. That is a racket right there. The people at the malls. How was the return
2: on investment on oh those? Oh,
1: boy. That was uh, about as bad as the Yankees' return on investment this year, which we will get to in uh, headlines and in our best and worst of. CC Sabathia. Boy, times aren't tough for the Yankees, are they? Uh, every other... Franchise and organization seems to be struggling, but the Yankees continue to roll on. All right, we've got headlines coming up. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Here's a special message for you.
3: This is Sophia Barker. Happy Holidays.
1: Sports business curriculum taught by industry experts and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the Center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center, passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education.
0: Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger.
1: It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headline sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one, the Tribune Company said that this week's Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing will not alter its plans to sell the Chicago Cubs and related assets but sources indicated that the sales process will get more complicated, this according to the Chicago Tribune. Now, the Tribune company did not include the Cubs or Wrigley Field in its filing, which allows it to retain control of the sales process, but sources indicated that the company will have to keep creditors informed about the auction and the winning bid will have to be signed off on by a bankruptcy judge. Nathan, you know, first of all, There's two stories here. One is the sale of the Cubs in Wrigley Field. The other is the continued demise of the newspaper industry, and we're seeing it again this week. We could do a whole show on that. Maybe in 2009 we will do a show on that. But let's stick to uh, the Cubs sale for a moment. You know, the bidders are dropping off like flies, and originally they thought they'd get a billion dollars for the Cubs, uh, Wrigley Field, and 25% of the RSN in Chicago there. Now, with tough economic times, the bidders are dwindling, and now the sales process got that much more difficult this week, even though the Cubs and Wrigley
2: Field are not part of this Tribune Company bankruptcy filing. Well, I don't know what Mark Cuban's financial situation is, but I'm sure it's still pretty good. And bidders like Mark Cuban have got to be somewhat happy about this because it seems to me like they're still financially sound enough to put a bid in at that dollar figure, and so now they've eliminated some of these other bidders. Now it's down to the final few, and so as a Cubs fan, I'm still a little excited about the fact that Mark Cuban may be able to slide his way in here, given these tough economic times. I think with all the uh, problems that
1: Mark Cuban has had with the uh, insider trading, insider trading, and then I also think you know one of the problems here is that a lot of people, let's use Frank McCourt, the owner of the Dodgers, for example borrow nearly all of the money they put up to purchase these teams. So if you're Mark Cuban or if you're any one of these owners, getting loans these days is it's never been more difficult. So unless you're willing to put up a lot of your own money and uh, collateral, you know, your hotels, your other assets that you own, it's a tough tough draw here especially when you're talking about anywhere from 800 to a billion dollars. All right, our next headline as we said in Segment 1: The Yankees don't seem to be too concerned about the economy. Free agent pitcher CC Sabathia has reached an agreement with the Yankees, a 7-year deal worth approximately 161 million dollars. The contract is the largest ever awarded to a starting pitcher and the fourth largest in major league history. The 161 million dollar figure is significant, and then it makes Sabathia's annual value just a little bit higher than the $22.9 million that Mets pitcher Johan Santana signed for last year. Here's something that's staggering. I did some research here. The Yankees are paying CC Sabathia, Alex Rodriguez, and Derek Jeter, just those three players, $600 million in contracts. That is staggering. It's more than, you know, if you look at Kansas City, Tampa
2: Bay, uh, the Florida Marlins, it's more than their payrolls probably for the next several years. Well, yeah, and here is the kicker. How many championships have the Yankees won in the last couple years? Zero. And we'll get to this in my worst of for this year with the Yankees and I'm not going to give anything away, but there's a player in there that I'm going to have to say is a little overrated, but I don't want to give it away.
1: All right, uh, we won't give it away. But uh, yeah, you look at the Tampa Bay Rays, they go to the World Series, they win the AL East over the Red Sox and the Yankees, the two highest payrolls in baseball, and Tampa Bay got it done. So just because you spend a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to win a lot of games. Our next headline, the Arena Football League Board of Governors had a conference call this week amid rumors that the league plans to cancel its upcoming season. They voted not to suspend the 2009 season at this time, even though several franchises have already folded. The AFL, I don't see them in, in for the long haul. They might survive through next season, but this is a perfect example of a league that I don't think is going to survive this economy. I mean, look, if you're the NFL, if you're NASCAR, if you're Major League Baseball, the NBA, and you're laying people off and you're having tough economic times... I don't see arena
2: football surviving. Well, I was surprised it survived as long as it did. I mean, Arena Football League, to me, is the, uh, I guess, the minor leagues for the NFL. We've seen a lot of great players come out of there, Kurt Warner, I believe, being one of them. But nobody really watches it. We don't talk about the ratings for arena football on the show at all. It's not even mentioned. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't recall ever, you know, I don't even remember. I think this is the first time I've ever talked about arena football. You couldn't on this even show. throw out a rating, could you? Uh, it's no, getting better than hockey, I'll and, tell you And that I much.
1: probably couldn't name, if you asked me to name five teams in the league by name, I probably couldn't do that either. So shoot me for that. All right, our next headline. The poor economy, news from the poor economy continues. The NFL is cutting its staff by 150 employees over the next 60 days as part of a cost-cutting plan caused in part by the current economic climate they announced this week. A voluntary separation program will be offered to league personnel later this week. It's the first aspect of the reductions. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, in an internal memo sent this week, said, These are difficult and painful steps, but they are necessary in the current economic environment. I would like to be able to report that we are immune to the troubles around us, but we are not. Uh, the league currently has 1,100 employees in three different offices. Now, Major League Baseball Advanced Media recently laid off 20 of its 400-plus staff. That's about 3 to 4% of their workforce. And then back in October, this went a little bit under the radar, but the NBA laid off 9% of its staff. That was 80 jobs. So the NFL, Major League Baseball Advanced Media, and the NBA. Thriving leagues, billion-dollar leagues laying people off. I'm telling you, when we're talking about our top stories of the year in the next two weeks, a little plug there, and we're making our predictions for 2009, watch the economy. It's going to be big. There's going to be a big, big impact in 2009. Our next headline, CBS earned a 10.4 rating for last Saturday's Florida-Alabama SEC football championship game. That was up 73% from last year's LSU-Tennessee SEC championship game. The 10.4 is the highest ever rating in the 17-year history of the SEC championship game and CBS's highest-rated regular season college football game since a 10.6 for the USC-Notre Dame game all the way back in 1989. Florida-Alabama also got the highest overnight for a non-bowl game of any in the metered market since a 13.7 for ABC's broadcast of Ohio State-Michigan in November of 2006. So, terrific game, uh, very much hyped, top-ranked teams, a trip for the BCS National Championship on the line,
2: and uh, lots of people tuned in, Nathan. Well, and it just goes to show you how one player can still even help to carry ratings. Tim Tebow is the player that's most watched right now in college football, running for another Heisman. So, you know, this was one of the biggest matchups of the year by far. Now, something that wasn't nearly as successful, still related to college football,
1: was the stinkeroo that we call the All-State BCS Selection Show. That was on Fox last Sunday. It was pretty much a foregone conclusion what the bowl game matchups were going to be There was really no drama when you talked about Florida versus Oklahoma, both won convincingly. So announcing
2: the BCS Bowl games had all the drama of, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was no selection Sunday for NCAA basketball, that's for sure. No, it definitely wasn't. But
1: Fox had some good news earlier in the day on Sunday. The highest rated NFL game of the year so far Cowboys-Steelers, a massive 17.0 rating, highest rating so far for Cowboys-Steelers on Fox, so the Fox executives happy about that. Our last headline of the week, the BCS title game is set, Florida and Oklahoma, and, you know, again, it may turn out to be a good game. I am just not a fan of the BCS system, and my uh, rail job of the week this week has to be How in the world is Texas Tech quarterback Graham Harrell, who's thrown for 4,700 yards, is two touchdowns shy of the all-time career mark for a college quarterback? How is this guy not invited to the Heisman ceremony in New York? Maybe he's not going to win, but you got to invite him to the ceremony. What a bunch of cheapskates the Heisman committee is.
2: Well, yeah, he doesn't go to schools like Florida, Alabama, or big schools like that. He's from Texas Tech. That's why he's not going. Well, it's ridiculous, and it's an insult, and their coach,
1: Mike Leach, was very upset this week, and he has every right to be. All right, coming up next, the second annual Sports Business Radio, Roy's Return on Investments. We'll give you our best and worst of 2008. That's coming up next. I love this song.
0: Happy holidays from Sports Business Radio. white Christmas Christmas Day. day.
1: That's the island greeting that we send to
3: you
0: or online at SportsBusinessRadio.com. This is Sports Business Radio.
1: All right, as we've been teasing the entire show, it's now time for the second annual Sports Business Radio year-end awards. We call them the Roy's, the return on investment. I'm joined for a roundtable discussion here by Nathan Roach and our producer Bobby Corser. Uh, and we're going to devote this segment to the stinky of 2008, the worst of 2008. All right, we're going to start with the worst North American sports
3: organization. Bobby, I'm going to start with you. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, you know, let's go with uh, our my, my personal favorite here, the Idiots Racing League. Oh, I'm sorry, the Indy Racing League, known as the IRL. Not only were they able to combine Champ Car and the IRL into one series— and sign a bunch of TV deals, you can't see them, you can't hear them, you don't, you know, they're not marketing their their drivers, they're not marketing their series, they try to compete with NASCAR, you never hear about them on SportsCenter, see them in magazines, see them on newspaper stands, they exist, but if you're an auto racing fan, that's the only way you know about it, if you're not an auto racing fan, you're just kind of like, oh, hey, uh, you know, some guy's driving some cars around, you never hear them in major publications, and you never, it's just... One of those things, as an auto racing fan myself, I'm really, really annoyed that you can't get any coverage, but it's one of those things. That's why I nominated them to be the worst sports thing in the U.S.
1: Okay, uh, Nathan, worst North American sports
2: organization or sports league? Well, I would say it was a toss between the NHL and Major League Baseball. I'm not going to say the NHL because that was last year, and I think they've made some improvements this year for their league outdoor games and such. So I'm going to go with Major League Baseball because as long as it's headed up, By a guy named Bud Selig. And we're going to talk about this, I think, a little bit later in this segment. But as long as you got Bud Selig running this show, the image of steroids is still scorched onto everybody's retinas and their minds and everything else. That they need to get rid of him and clean up their image. Major League Baseball has not yet bounced back from the last couple years, the Barry Bonds era. I'm going to give it to Major League Baseball this year. All right. I'm going to... For the second year in a row, I'm going to give it to the NHL. And, yeah, I like
1: the fact that they did the outdoor game, but that's only one game. And that's on only one day of the year. They need to do that, like, every day of the year if they want to get people watching their league. Uh, They're still on a network that very few people tune into versus uh, they need to get on ESPN. I just think Gary Bettman is not a very good commissioner. He probably won't come on this show after I just said that, but... Uh, I just don't, I, I'm i not sold on the NHL and I think my prediction for 2009 is of the major North American pro sports leagues, I think the NHL is going to take the biggest hit because if you're a big sponsor and you can spend your money in the NFL, in Major League Baseball with an NBA franchise, the NHL is probably going to come in fourth out of those four leagues if you're going to spend your money. So. The NHL gets my vote again for the uh, worst sports league in North America. Okay, this is an interesting one. The worst decision of 2008. Bobby, what was the worst decision of 2008 in the sports world?
3: Uh, It was Brett Favre basically forcing the Packers to trade him. I thought personally he should have retired. Taking the financial package they were going to give him, and now the way the economy is going, oh, he would have made off like a bandit. And he's not going to make off like a bandit anyways? No, he's not now. I mean, listen, he forced the hand of the team that he loved and he played for and who he'll go into the Hall of Fame for. But still, you do not – okay, I understand the guy wants to play. That's fine by me. But listen, if you have that much money given to you and you're going to be a part of the franchise anyways, just take the money and run. He he basically alienated half of his fans saying, you know what, I appreciate what Green Bay did for me, but uh, basically that's to you. Let me ask you guys something.
1: You think Michael Jordan was a pretty good basketball player? Yeah, he was average. What if Michael Jordan had retired? Oh, wait a minute. He did this. And then he said, I want to come back and play for the Bulls. And the Bulls had said, you know what? Not interested in having you. I mean, in essence, they did, and this is why he went to Washington. But I think when you are an iconic player like Michael Jordan, like Brett Favre, you're the face of a franchise for 20 years. If you want to come back and play, you let him come back and play. Hindsight's 2020, but I'll bet you today— If the Packers could have a mulligan on this one, they might choose to bring Favre back for at least one more year knowing what they know now because Favre looks like he's going to get the Jets into the playoffs and he's meant a whole lot of money to their organization and Aaron Rodgers is hurt and the Packers aren't going to make the playoffs and that's a big disappointment. Well, And that's
2: exactly why my worst decision of the year is the Packers not giving Favre the green light to play for precisely what you just said. He's going to go to the playoffs. It looks like Aaron Rodgers is hurt. The Packers probably aren't going to make the playoffs or aren't going to make the playoffs. But let's look at it really quickly from a sports business perspective – Brett Favre is the most marketable player to ever come out of Green Bay and probably will be for the next 100 years. You keep him there for another season, he's loyal to Green Bay and would have played in front of those fans. That was the worst decision of the year for the Packers not to play Favre.
1: All right, so Bobby, I hate to say it, but you're outvoted 2-1 to one here. Moose. I agree that the worst decision, uh, you know, and not only for what it was on the field, but when you look at this from an economic standpoint, let me throw this out there. I heard this this week. This is unbelievable. On eBay this year, they had the top 10. This just came out this week in USA Today. The top 10 uh, highest selling things on eBay this year. In the top 10, there were only two people. Number five on the list was Hannah Montana. And number one on the list was like the, PlayStation, or the Wii, the Nintendo Wii. So it was like things, items. Um, So Hannah Montana comes in at number five, Miley Cyrus. Number six on the list, Brett Favre, the only athlete in the top ten on eBay. Why? Because a zillion people who had Green Bay Packer jerseys went out this year and either sold them or bought New York Jets jerseys. The New York Jets Brett Favre jersey is the hottest selling jersey of any athlete in any sport this year in 2008. So when you look at what he meant to the Jets with, Merchandise sales with selling suites and preferred seats and all that kind of stuff. Big, big decision for the Jets. And if he gets them into the playoffs, an even bigger decision. All right, worst sports franchise. I think we're in agreement on this one, but uh, Bobby, why don't you start us off?
3: I'm going to go with the Seattle Supersonics, and now I need to say that it's not the current management in Oklahoma City. It's what the Supersonics did to alienate the fans of Seattle and how they were not able to get the backing of local government, But it's state still government. the same management. I mean, throw it, them under the bus here. Come on, it, I'm going to do it in a minute. Okay, but I'm just saying here. They were not able to get the businesses or the government behind them to keep them in Seattle. They've already done that in Oklahoma. That's a done deal. You ask anybody in Oklahoma City, they're happy they have their team now. You ask anybody in Seattle, they're very, very upset their team left. But it's because of what the Supersonics did. They alienated the fans, the government, and the business.
2: Well, I'm I, Brian, I think you and I are in agreement here. i got to go with the New York Yankees. We just talked about it in segment two, about how they have the highest payroll above and beyond anybody else in Major League Baseball, and yet they cannot win a championship. How do you spend that much money building a new stadium, bringing in pretty much almost every all-star name you have in Major League Baseball, and not even make it to the playoffs in 2008? Yankees above and beyond, way above the Sonics. Brian, what do you think? Well... I agree with you. If you're talking about worst return on investment, it's got
1: to be the Yankees. Because like you just said, they, These spent, are the Royals, baby. they spent a ton of money, and they didn't even make the playoffs. And now we see this week, as we said in headlines, they signed CC Sabathia. They could sign another big-ticket free agent. They're spending a lot of money, but they're moving into the new digs. They got money to burn. They are one of the few sports organizations that has money to burn. They can spend a lot of money. I'm going to agree with Bobby on this one. I think the Sonic slash Oklahoma City Thunder, first of all, I don't know if you've seen their start. They're on track to be the worst record in the history of the NBA. So on the court, they stink. They're putrid. But it is criminal that Clay Bennett and the owners of this franchise took a team that had been in Seattle for almost four decades out of that market. It was a good market. And yes, they didn't step up and they didn't get an arena deal done. but It stinks when you see— They didn't get
2: support from the city.
1: Well, but look, this guy—and again, we've said this on this show many times. Howard Schultz, the old owner, needs to be blamed for this, too, because he sold the group—or he sold the team to a group comprised completely of -of out-of-towners. It was only a matter of time until these guys moved the team. So he's to blame, too, but I do agree that the uh, Sonic-slash-Oklahoma-City Thunder are the worst organization in sports, and— They're not getting any better anytime soon. All right, the most overrated athlete in sports. Uh, Bobby, quickly, who's your guy?
3: It's uh, Brady Quinn, the quarterback from Notre Dame who now plays for Cleveland. Late first-round draft pick, comes in, is going to be the savior of the Browns, and he's a bench warmer.
1: All right, hate to tell you, I agree with you there, but you're not even close. Nathan, I know you and I agree. It's A-Rod. A-Rod, $28.5 million he made this year. First year of a $252 million contract. The guy doesn't get his team to the playoffs. The guy chokes towards the end of the season. And he just wilts. You know, I mean, I I read more headlines about A-Rod Madonna this year than I did about A-Rod winning games. And I think when you're looking at, again, return on investment. What a horrific return on investment well, uh,
2: with Arod rod this year. Well, yeah, and if you want to talk about Arod's rods numbers, talk about A-Rod's numbers. He's on track to be the home run leader of all time, the home run king, if you will. I hope he beats Barry Bonds. But if you're talking about him as a team player and a leader and someone that can take his team to the championship and win a World Series, right now the Yankees have not invested well in A-Rod. Well, and again, I mentioned this in our last segment. Alex
1: Rodriguez... CC Sabathia now, and Derek Jeter. The Yankees have invested $600 million in those three players alone. Alex Rodriguez made more money last year than the Florida Marlins paid their entire team. That is ridiculous. And again, just because you spend a lot of money doesn't mean that you win a lot of games. All right. Worst sports moment of the year. I'm going to start this one off. I'm going to go back to World Series, Rays, Phillies, Game 5, tied 2 to 2 rain out and it looked like for a little bit there until bud seeley got his wits about him that they were maybe they were going to possibly end the world series on a rain delay and award the phillies the world championship on a rain delay but major league baseball had no idea how to handle that situation and it was like the keystone cops they were bumbling and fumbling and they didn't know what was going on i thought that was the worst Sports moment of the year.
2: Well, the only thing I would disagree with you on is I think the worst sports moment of the year was the Patriots falling apart to be the second team in history to go undefeated. They'd the whole not apart. They, they barely lost that game. It was a great game. It was a great game, but that was like, for, for sports fans, they wanted to see the Patriots win. Terrible moment. All right, the career suicide
1: award. I think we're all in agreement on this. I know we've got a few names we've thrown around, but I don't think anyone took a, a further fall from grace this year than the Rocket. Roger Clemens. We saw the hearings. Back in February, where he was on Capitol Hill, he and McNamee have gone back and forth. A lot of people still uh, you know, wonder, did this guy use? Did he not? Most people, the court of public opinion, pretty much assume that he did. And he was a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, like Greg Maddox, who retired this week. Now, most people would probably tell you he's more like Mark McGuire and some of these other guys that probably will not find their way into the Hall of Fame, even though they produced incredible numbers. All right. Coming up next, we're going to give you the best of 2008, from sports organizations to leagues to best moments to most marketable athletes. Those are some of the categories coming up next on our best of the year right here on Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for a place to have dinner with family, friends, or business associates, there's only one restaurant on my list Morton's The Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. In its 28th year in business, Morton serves only the finest quality foods, featuring USDA prime age beef, fresh seafood, hand picked produce, and decadent desserts prepared to perfection. Not to mention the award winning wine list. When my destination is Morton's, the best is always on the menu. And they treat me like a VIP during every visit, whether in the dining room or the private boardrooms. With almost 75 restaurants conveniently located around the world, Morton's is the gold standard when it comes to steakhouses. To find the Morton's nearest you or to make a reservation, go online to mortons.com. Morton's, the best steak anywhere and the official steakhouse of Sports Business Radio.
0: Really confused about the business side of sports? This is Sports Business Radio. All right,
1: we are back. Continuing our year-end awards, the Sports Business Radio. Second annual Sports Business Radio. Roy is the return on investments. And let's start off with the best pro sports franchise, the best front office in pro sports this year. And this was also unanimous. It's the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays... When you want to talk about a tremendous return on investment, this is a team that had a $43 million payroll. They were 29th out of 30 teams in payroll, and they got all the way to the World Series, and they played an exciting brand of ball. It did take until the playoffs until people started attending the games and selling out the venue there, the Tropicana Dome in uh, Tampa, but... If you look at the decisions that were made, and we had Stuart Sternberg, the principal owner of the team on the show during the World Series, um, and their GM, you know, these are guys, these were Wall Street guys that said, you know what, I bet you we could run a pro sports franchise. They went and got one of the cheapest teams in Major League Baseball at the time, and look what they've done to turn this organization around. I mean, the Rays were... Uh, the poster child for futility in Major League Baseball, a lot like the L.A. Clippers in the NBA. And these guys have turned them into winners, and for that reason, the Tampa Bay Rays are the best pro sports franchise of 2008, in our opinion.
2: No, and I would agree with that. I mean, the only thing I'd say about the Tampa Bay Rays is that if you looked at their attendance throughout the season until they got to the postseason, and near the end of the postseason, their attendance was in the tank. People were still not turning out to watch that team as successful as they were. They're still, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I think we're concerned, the best pro sports franchise, but... Their attendance was not what it should be for the best pro sports franchise. All right, let's move on to the best college sports
1: athletic department. Uh, Bobby, our producer, uh, give us your votes.
3: I had uh, two that actually tied. Uh, Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, great exposure with football and basketball this year. They have a possible Heisman candidate, candidate with their quarterback. Their basketball team is making waves because of a you know a couple of good players. The Big Twelve was the power conference this year in football. That helps. I'm also going to go with my alma mater, the University of Oregon. Oh, that's a shock! Of course, course, he is. Of course. Oh, I can't oh
0: believe that.
3: But here's the, the reason why: we had several teams win a national championship, but we also signed a multi-million dollar marketing deal with IMG out of New York.
2: And several teams win a national championship. Talk to me. You gonna talk track and field, Bobby? Yes, sir. Of course you are. I'm going to bring up women's soccer then at University of Portland and pull that out. All right, let's
1: not get off uh, get <laughs> off the topic here. Uh, Nathan, quickly, uh, who was your vote for this category? Well, I'm
2: going to agree with Bobby on Oklahoma. They've got a stud in Blake Griffith on the basketball court. That guy is awesome. And, of course, they've got a Heisman candidate. They've been all over the media, and they've got the most exposure of any – Pretty much any team, I think, this year other than maybe, you know, your Florida, your USC's. But I'm going to go with Oklahoma this season. All right, I'm going to go with Florida, and that may surprise some people. Uh, I went with them
1: last year. But, uh, you know, Urban Meyer, this is a guy who is just a a national championship machine. And Billy Donovan is a great basketball coach. I think they have the best one-two punch. And if you look at athletic departments and how much money these athletic departments have in their budgets— how much they're bringing in from those power sports, football and basketball. Because don't forget, football and basketball pay for golf and soccer and lacrosse and everything else. I don't think it gets any bigger than the University of Florida. So they're my vote. But since you guys both voted for Oklahoma, I guess the Roy for this year will go to Oklahoma. All right. Woo. Some applause in the in the room here. All right. The best North American pro sports league this year, 2008. Bobby, uh, who's your vote?
3: I'm going to go with the Major League Baseball. And the reason why, limited off-field issues, reports of steroid use down considerably. I would agree. Um, you know, the fans came back and watched. Attendance numbers were up. Now, the turn in the economy will be something to watch next year if it you know rolls over into baseball, how people are going to deal with the tickets. Um, World Series viewership was down. Overall viewership, though, through the course of the season was up. You know, they managed to revive America's pastime, I believe, personally. But, you know, I and it also helps that, you know, starting January 1st, they're going to launch the largest cable network, you know, with Major League Baseball TV. But
1: I don't know if I would say revive because I think they were pretty strong. But World Series numbers have been down. We've talked about how that is something that probably needs to be rethought because those numbers have gone down year after year after year unless you've got the Red Sox or Yankees in there. Um, I do agree with you that – The steroid stories definitely decreased this year. I mean, you know, we're not hearing about Mitchell reports and we're not seeing nearly the number of players involved in uh, performance enhancement drug issues. So you bring up some good points. Nathan, who's your vote for uh, best North American Pro Sports League of the Year.
2: Well, I think if the Cubs had won the World Series, I would agree with the baseball call. But I'm going to have to go with the NFL. And I like the NBA. I think David Stern's been great for the NBA. But NFL, year in and year out, is a cash cow. Of course, we just talked about in segment two the fact they had 150 layoffs because of the economy. But the fact of the matter is, come Sunday... American men and women everywhere across the country are plopped down, rooting for their team. They sell out every game. I mean, how many often do you turn on the TV and see an NFL stadium with hardly any seats empty? You just don't. The NFL, year in and year out, is the winner right now for me. I think the
1: NFL took a uh,
2: real hit this year.
1: With, uh, you know, last year we saw Michael Vick. This year we see Plaxico Burris. You know, more and more off the field problems going on with the NFL that are making headlines. You watch. I think we're headed for a work stoppage, and I think we're going to remember the passing of Gene Upshaw this year as a big story because he was a strong leader for the players' union. Now they don't know who their leader's going to be. You've got big negotiations on the horizon, and there's all kinds of— Things going on that need to be settled between the owners who are now crying poor and the players. I think the NFL, I'm not going to say they're on the decline because they're a multi-billion dollar league, but they're they're in for some rough roads ahead. The award for me, not even close this year, is the NBA. Two reasons. Number one is, you know, the NBA, David Stern has done an amazing job marketing his game abroad and never was it more apparent than at the Olympics in Beijing when Kobe Bryant, and Yao Ming, and Dirk Nowitzki, and LeBron James. And all of these NBA players were playing over there, not just for the U.S., but for other teams. And it was a real showcase for the NBA and for David Stern's league. Uh, The other thing is, is I just think that, uh, you know, they had some rough times last year with Tim Donaghy and things like that. We're not hearing about those things, and they seem to have straightened many of those problems out. So my vote goes for the NBA. All right, the best player personnel move of the
3: year. Bobby, what's your vote? I'm gonna have to give it again. It's a tie for me. You know, I, I just I weighed both and I couldn't, you know, really kind of nail down. One, Matt Ryan going to the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, this guy single handedly has turned around a team this year and they look like they're possibly headed for the playoffs. Second choice was the way Kevin Pritchard has been able to posture the Blazers not only on draft day in two thousand seven, but again turning around and doing it again in two thousand eight. The team's playing really well he basically now is the envy of every GM in the in the league because he held so many pieces that he might be able to pull off that big blockbuster deal that you never thought was going to happen.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, talking about those two moves that you just talked about quickly, uh, the Falcons a year ago were the train wreck franchise of the NFL. They were coming off of losing their coach, Bobby Petrino. Everyone knows about the Michael Vick situation. So now Matt Ryan Being the face of that franchise and then possibly going to the playoffs. Tremendous turnaround. Kevin Pritchard, you're right. He's done an amazing job in Portland. All you need to say is this. Five years ago, the three best players, most attractive players on the Blazers roster were Zach Randolph, Darius Miles, and Sebastian Telfair. Now you've got LaMarcus Aldridge, Greg Oden, uh, Brandon Roy. The list goes on and on. So, yes, Kevin Pritchard has done an amazing job. But I'm going to say... Just the best player personnel move of the year, and we touched on this last segment, it's Brett Favre to the Jets. And it's not only for what he's meant to them on the field. You can just tell they have a different air of confidence about them this year, but it's also what he's meant to them economically. He has been a boon to the Jets' Economically, with merchandise sales, with ticket sales, with selling suites for
2: the new stadium they're going to move into, I think that's the move of the year. Well, and I'm we're gonna we're gonna go three way here on this one because I'm going to go with Manny Ramirez to the Dodgers. I mean, I don't know how you can't select Manny. Look at what he did for them in the postseason. He was just there a couple months with his arch nemesis Joe Torre, and everybody was buying the do rag hats of Manny, Manny. And he he basically revived the Los Angeles Dodgers to the Dodgers of the late 80s. Manny Ramirez was by far the best move. The guy is a hitting savant, as you would say, Brian. And you know the thing about that move that
1: a lot of people don't talk about, but we'll talk about it here as a sports business show. The Red Sox were paying Manny Ramirez's salary to play for the Dodgers. So he's a cash cow for the Dodgers and the Red Sox. We're paying for it, so I don't know. That we'll call that a three-way tie. I'm going to call it a win for me. All right. <laughs> okay, we'll call the win for you. All right. The most marketable North American athlete of the year 2008. You know, this may come as a surprise to some, but I'm still going to go with Tiger Woods. He missed most of the year. Obviously, he was injured. He went out after the was it the U.S. Open? Um, what an incredible moment that was this year. I mean. That, his his duel with Rocco Mediate was one of the great TV events of the year. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, I still got to go with Tiger. He makes more money than any other athlete on the planet. He's still going to make over $100 million. Yes, he is not going to be the spokesperson for Buick anymore, and some of his other endorsements may take hits. But guess what? His agent, Mark Steinberg, has... 100 more proposals on his desk if Tiger wants to choose to replace any of the endorsements that he's lost. Well,
2: you know, I would go with Michelle. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm going to agree with you. We're going to kick you off the I'm show. I'm going to agree with you on Tiger just because when we had Mark Steinberg on, what well, I think uh, earlier this year or late last year, he talked about the, the amount of, of contracts that come in for Tiger, requests to have him as a spokesperson and the face of their company. This guy could be out of golf for five years and still be making more money than any other athlete on the planet. I've got to jump on the Tiger train.
3: I'll go real quick. I was going to I thought about going with Tiger, but you know, for me, he hasn't been in the public spotlight. He didn't, was not part of the Ryder Cup, which I think was a big hit. I'm going to go with Dale Jr. He's got deals with Pepsi, Wrangler, and the National Guard. All three iconic. You better start winning. You better start winning. But it doesn't matter though. People identify with his brands and buy the product because he endorses them. All right, The sports
1: moment of the year and the athlete of the year. This was a pretty easy one, actually. Michael Phelps, who made the pool cool in Beijing. You know, as Sports Illustrated said this week, uh, it became uh, lingo terminology to say, I had a a pool hangover. People were staying up late till midnight to watch Michael Phelps race, and they were tired for work the next day. But uh, he captivated not only the United States, but the world. So Michael Phelps, sports moments of the year and athlete of the year. TV sports events of the year, there were a few of them. One is, I, I'm going to go back to the U.S. Open. I don't think I've ever been more compelled and drawn to a golf event than I was to this year's U.S. Open. And the, the way Tiger Woods performed, and you knew he was hurt. You didn't know how badly he was hurt. But the putts he made from all over the place, the chip-ins he made, and his playoff duel with Rocco Mediate, that was an amazing event. Uh, As we talked about the Beijing Olympics and the swimming coverage, the Super Bowl. Nathan, uh, you know, I know that uh, you talked about this earlier, but the Giants and Patriots, that was one of the best Super Bowls that we've seen in a long time. Well,
2: and we were sitting there together watching it at Morton's, the steakhouse, having some good steaks. So it was a great event for me, but swimming coverage takes the cake. Every single night, everybody was at the water cooler talking about Michael Phelps the next day, hands down. And then another event
1: worth mentioning that was fantastic, the NCAA men's basketball finals, Kansas and Memphis. Uh, Mario Chalmers hits that shot to send it into overtime. Uh, Memphis did miss a lot of free throws, but it was an exciting game to watch. Another captivating March moment. One shining moment, as they say. All right, so those are our year-end awards. The second annual Sports Business Radio ROYs are complete. We'll have to put them up on our website if we can uh, keep them all straight. And uh, we'll be back to wrap up this holiday edition of Sports Business Radio. Evergreen Media Training assists individuals and groups by offering unique preparation and training catered to your specific needs. From explaining today's media environment to providing you with post-training monitoring and feedback, we'll guide you every step of the way. With nearly 40 years of combined experience working with some of the biggest names in the sports industry, we'll help you communicate your messages honestly, thoughtfully, and from the heart. For an overview and a list of services, visit evergreenmediatraining.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com.
0: The website is sportsbusinessradio.com.
2: Welcome back to Sports Business Radio, and this is the point in the show where we roast Brian Berger for turning. How old, Bobby? He's turning 40 years old. 40 years old. We got the walker, we got the cane, and he doesn't have his jump shot anymore, from what I hear. Oh, my jump shot's pretty good, uh, but uh, yes, I'm turning 40 this
1: week, and. uh, we're going to celebrate with some bowling. You know, bowling's an underrated thing, so uh, my daughter's going to be joining us, and we'll have a little party here at a local establishment, and uh, yeah, the big four oh. 0 gosh, I, I'm not mature
2: enough to be 40 years old. Yeah, I, I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're going bowling. Exactly. I, I'm
1: very childlike, so um, I guess it's good, though, when you're turning this old. All right. Fun show this week. Uh, Again, we'll post the uh, award winners on our website, sportsbusinessradio.com. Our show staff, thank you to them. Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, Morton's The Steakhouse, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, protrade.com, and Evergreen Media Training, a podcast reminder. You can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com and click on the podcast page. I'm the old man, Brian Berger. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you next week for Sports Business Radio.